Hey yogis, something that I used to struggle with a lot when I first started my yoga business was pricing out my private yoga sessions. So many of us yoga teachers are unsure of how to create and structure our business. As a new or even as a seasoned yoga teacher, at some point along the journey, you may struggle with where to find potential private clients and what to charge them, just like I did. That's why I created a free tool I call the Price Calculator. In this free video course, you're gonna learn how to reverse engineer your goals in order to figure out how to build and price your offers so you can start growing your business today. I'll show you how to calculate the cost and the overhead of your yoga business, analyze the profitability of a yoga niche, create your own profit margins, and more. Let's align your offer with your ideal yoga client so you can serve at your highest. Go to yogabizacademy.com tools. That's yogabizacademy.com backslash tools. Now back to this amazing episode. Welcome to the Yoga Biz Academy podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Paz, and today I have a very special guest with me. One of my all-time favorite private clients, an old friend, and a professional baseball player, John Jay. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I know that you're currently in season, so really blocking out this time is a big deal, and I really, truly appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me. Anything but for you, uh, I will do, so I'm ha happy to do this. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I know you, like I said, you guys are in season right now. Where are you currently? Yeah, so we're actually in, in Houston right now, playing the Houston Astros, so we're hanging out here. I'm at the Four Seasons Hotel, my favorite hotel chain of all time. They just do it right, so I'm enjoying my day. Just obviously, we're doing this podcast right now, but uh, after this, I'll head over to the field. So I want to I want to start first and foremost by congratulating you because I know that you just became a father for the second time now to a beautiful, healthy baby boy named Jackson. How's he doing? And also, how is your beautiful wife, Nikki, holding up? Yeah, first of all, my wife's doing great. What a warrior she is uh, giving birth to Jackson. And uh, you said, you know, father for the second time, but to three kids. You know, uh, obviously, my, my daughter's Brooklyn and Berkeley. So they're doing well as well. So uh, everything is good. Jackson's doing well. And uh, I look forward to seeing them soon. All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your career now. For everyone that's listening and watching today, John Jay has had an incredible career as a baseball player, but it all began here in the city of Miami. You've been a local star here athlete for a long, long time. At Columbus High School, if I remember correctly, you were part of the first state championship baseball team. Is that right? Yeah, it is. Uh, I take a lot of pride. First off, from the city of Miami, it's what raised me. It's what made me. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for our community. And uh, going to Columbus was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And you know, the brotherhood that I was able to establish there. And just now, 20 years later, just the friends and, and just the family they become. And winning a state championship there, the first state championship there, was is something that I still you know, cherish to this day as one of, one of my biggest highlights in my career. And then you also went on to play at the University of Miami, where you were a three-time All-American in the three years that you were there. What was it like for you to commit to UM in your hometown to play at that level that you did and then to excel into the pros? Yeah, pro ball for me wasn't something I really thought about uh, as a kid. I, I was blessed and lucky to play with a lot of guys since I was younger. Those are their aspirations was to play professional baseball. And a lot of them did. But for me, the, my biggest dream was to, to wear the orange and green. And I remember when I committed to Miami, it was almost like, oh, why are you going to go to Miami? They have all these players and there's all these guys ahead of you and, or whatnot. And it's like, hey, leave me alone. This is what I want to do. This is my dream. This is my life. And this is where I want to be. And in, in God's form, I, I showed up on campus and a couple injuries here, a couple of different things happened there. And, and just preparing myself, I was able to start from the day I, I got there to the day I left. And we were able to go to the World Series a couple of times and represent our city and 
the orange and green and be part of that U family forever. And it's, uh, like I said, it's another stepping stone there where I was able to establish great friends, just a family, just there's nothing better than going around the country and, and being associated with the University of Miami. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm a big, I grew up here, so I'm, I'm a big UM fan and watching you play was a lot of fun when you were there. So then you've been playing professional baseball since 2006. You did four years in the minors and part of 11 seasons in the major leagues. You've made six playoff appearances, and you mentioned it, but most notably in 2011, you won the World Series with the St. Louis Cardinals, which I currently have, and I will be flaunting forever in my signed jersey, so thank you so much for this. I really appreciate that. Yeah, love and cherish that. All of that was a huge milestone to add to what you were able to achieve last year. According to the Major League Baseball Players Association, you reached 10 full years of Major League service time, something that only about 6% of nearly 20,000 players who have worn a big league uniform have achieved. What was it like for you to reach that milestone? Well, it's something that was incredible. And, and like you said, before I talk about that, it's stepping back to, I, I was signed in 2006, spent four years in the minor leagues, dealt with numerous injuries, uh, right, right labrum tear, left rotator cuff, AC joint repair, left TFC on my wrist. So just the, the normal uh, things that, that athletes have to deal with. So you know, to be able to just continue, and, and there was a lot of ups and downs during that time. And that's where, where I alluded to earlier, my Miami community, my wife, my family, just being there for me and picking me up during those times when I needed it. And to finally get that 10 years last year was something that selfishly I was so proud about. Something that it's an individual thing that for the first time in my career, everything was always about the team. Everything was always about the team and winning. And I'm representing Miami, everything was that. But for the first time, this was about myself. And this was, it was a time for me to celebrate doing something that, that not a lot of people get to do. And it was something where, you know, just the way I was received by teammates and friends and colleagues and, and just people reaching out was, you know, it was overwhelming. And it was, it's something that I'll never forget that day and, and receiving all that love that I got. And you know, I'm forever grateful for everyone that reached out to me and everyone that continues to support me today. So 10 seems to be the number because we've also reached now the 10th anniversary of the year that you won the championship with Cardinals. And I know when I mentioned to you, I had the jersey, I thought to myself, are you guys doing anything to celebrate? Are you guys thinking about doing anything to get together, to commemorate, celebrate for this? Because that was a pretty big deal. That was a good, great championship to watch. Yeah, we, we got some stuff in the works. Uh, the team does something during the season but hopefully I'm still on a major league roster and I'll miss that. So, but I would love to be there with all my teammates and stuff, but we'll definitely have some stuff going on behind the scenes that we'll be releasing some information to pretty soon. And with that too, I plan on having a big charity event in St. Louis to raise money for my foundation. That's something that we can you know, talk about later on, but you know, so there's a lot of things that, are, that we have planned that are exciting. And I said, you would look back now over 10 years, especially all of my career that I've been able to have, that I've been so blessed to be able to have. And then, Looking at back at winning a championship, it's something that I, I was able to do my second year in the league as a young player. And then now being a veteran player, trying to install those same qualities and, and the different things I learned from different players and different coaches that got me to that point. And that's the same thing that I'm trying to do now. And that's what's really you know propelled my career. And really what I've made my career about is, is trying to bring that winning culture to wherever I've been. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen you hold that culture, not just within yourself, but within your community around you for the last six years that we've been working together and that I've had the pleasure of being with you in the off season and, and using yoga as a modality to help keep you mobile uh, and healthy. 
So like I mentioned, it's been six years. I had to go back and check the math. I had to check some original text messages to see how long it had been, but it's been six beautiful years we've been together now. And I remember that you stood out among some of the other pro athletes I worked with because you absolutely, absolutely loved yoga right from the start. You were asking me questions about poses, not just their names, but also what it could do for you and how it could heal, what muscle groups it would kind of access, open, mobilize. And so you were just really interesting. What made you want to start practicing yoga and how has it helped you in the off season over the last six years? Yeah, well, I got to take it back to when I started working out when I was 14 years old with uh, Monica Swayze and, and Andrew Swayze. They did an unbelievable job with me on, on me mental toughness, really getting me strong. And I continued that for, for a long time throughout my pro career. And I was lucky enough through, the, through my agency with CAA that they'll send us, to a, send us to a place called Saddlebrook where I was really exposed to just different players. We had guys that had just gotten drafted. We had veterans. We had younger guys. So they put together a really good program that was based on giving us the tools that we needed to succeed in this game and how create longevity. And there is when I first started yoga. And when I first started yoga there, it was kind of like, a, what are we doing here? We had a bunch of these athletes in the room and yoga wasn't really that popular at that point. And we're kind of joking around, not taking it serious, but I just started seeing the effects that it had on my body. And little by little, every off season, I'll do a little bit more, but I was still stuck on really lifting and, and doing all that type of stuff. And, and then the older I got, I think you said six years ago, that's when I turned 30. So mm -hmm. that's kind of when I realized you know, I don't have to lift as heavy. I can continue to still do the same running program that we always done with the Swayze's that really propelled me. And I can now mix in a couple other things. So that's when I really started doing a lot more yoga. We were able to connect and I've just seen the effects it's had on my body. And I, I think that's one of the reasons that I've been able to, you know, still play this game now at 36 years old. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. I, I definitely have to give a personalized thank you to Swayze for instilling that and, and making that a priority with you guys, because I began working with you and then I ended up working with a couple of the other guys from that original UM team, from that whole practice team and, and training teams. It was really nice to see that it was very much a priority to maintain the body healthy, to engage in modalities that would keep you mobile, flexible, and strong. So yeah, and I think uh, the one that got it for me with you who connected us was Jimmy Graham. Jimmy has been able to have an unbelievable career, and I just saw what he was doing, and I knew he was into yoga. So I reached out to him, and he connected us together. So I think that was where our connection was made, and I saw the work that Jimmy was doing in the NFL after being a basketball player his whole life, the smooth transition he made. And that was one of the things he told me. He was like, man, this yoga stuff is unbelievable, and it's really helping me out. You, ha you have to meet Amanda. And I think that's when we, we kind of connected. You're right. I had completely forgotten about that. It was through Jimmy. It was, I started working with him first. He was actually the first athlete I began working with. And then we connected, I think probably a year later, but he was another one. It was very, from the get-go, very much like you, he understood the value. There was very little lapse time where I had to explain the value of mobility for the body, for the longevity of your career, for keeping you healthy and injury-free. So I could see that mentality came from the top and it came from Swayze. Another instrumental part in my health and my wellness was uh, Chef Richard Ingram. You know, Chef RLI, like everyone calls him, was huge with me where you know, he would prepare meals for me and, and have them readily available. So I could be traveling, I could you know, be running around Miami and I could just zip into a microwave and, and pop my food and, and at night. And he really taught me a lot about nutrition. And it's funny that there's a lot of kids that I talk to 
And I'll say like, hey, it's so important to have your trainer. It's so important to have your yoga teacher and your chef. And they'll say like, well, you know, all this stuff costs money. And I was like, yeah, I understand that. But what's more important to you? Is it, is it more important for you to drive a Mercedes Benz or a BMW? Or is it more important to you to take care of your career so that hopefully you can go do those things at, at a later point? You're young, you're not in the league and you're not doing these things yet. You're not established. Why not put money into your body and into your craft, into your business, and then later on, it'll pay off instead of doing the opposite. So that's one of the things that kind of one of my models I've had with the younger guys, but a chef was definitely, you know, big with me with uh, teaching me really the proper nutrition and what it takes to be a primetime athlete and, and have longevity. And a lot of the things I do uh, to this day, I've been on my own for a little bit longer where I, I take pride in, in, in cooking my own food now, but it's a lot of the lessons I learned from chef. You know, and throughout these different injuries, Pinecrest Physical Therapy, Ron Yacoub and his team have been instrumental as well. And then combining that with yoga has really kept me on the field and let me create longevity in my career. Ron's someone that's been there for me since I was 18 years old at Columbus. And like I said, when, when it takes a village, it, it really does take a village. So I'm always grateful for Ron and you know, to kind of segue into helping me with my career. As we went on throughout the years and we started practicing more in the off-season together and, and incorporating yoga into your training schedule, what did you find was your favorite part about this practice? Maybe your favorite pose or for a lot of people, it's the very end, but what was your favorite part? I think for me, what I really learned is just my breath work, syncing up my breath with all the different moves. And when you sync your breath up, it relaxes your body and it really clears your mind. I think you know, first and foremost, that was the biggest thing for me where I can able to slow things down. Baseball is such a mental game. And I find myself now doing the same breaths that I do in yoga on those times I need to calm down, whether it's on defense before a big pitch is made, it's the bases loaded, there's, there's two outs, the game-winning runs on third base, and I'm in center field and I need to make a play. I think just getting to that breathing mode really helped me relax, whether I was on deck waiting for a big at-bat, but as well as just opening up my hips and creating stability in my shoulders. As an outfielder, I dive all the time, and I feel like a downward dog and getting that shoulder stability has really helped me bounce back where before I would dive and, and maybe have a bruise or be sore for a couple of days. I feel like now I've really worked all these little muscles in my body that have really propelled me. All the movements we do with thoracic rotation, you know, that's baseball. You're hitting and, and you're twisting, and you're turning. So I wouldn't say there's one thing I think. It's, I think it's a combination of everything. I just, I love it all. I feel like you know, no matter what practice we do that day. And I think I'm pretty simple. And you're always like, hey, what do you want to work on today? I'm like, everything. Let's get it all in. So, you know, just opening my hips, whether it be in Warrior 1 or Warrior 2. You know, so all these different things, uh, getting in child's pose, really getting my back down. I remember when we first started, you'd push my back down and I, and I couldn't even move. And then now I'm able to do a lot more poses and, and really get deep into my body. And especially myself, I'm a, I'm a thicker, thicker bodied athlete. And I think for me, that was the biggest thing where I'm not lifting as heavy, still lifting, but, you know, pretty much cutting the weight in half instead of squatting 450 pounds in the off season. You know, I stick to my 275 more at the most. But now I'm very mobile and I'm still thoracic. And, and at 36, I'm still able to move like I did when I was younger. Maybe not as quick, but I'm a little smarter now. But my body still is able to recover every single day. Are you, is this something that you think you'll be taking with you, the practice of yoga? You'll be taking with you throughout the rest of your life? Absolutely. Even when I'm done playing, I'm still going to be doing yoga. And I think we talked about this a little bit, but I aspire to you know, get, my, get my hours in and hopefully teach yoga classes one day. That's something that is a goal of mine and something I can see myself doing in the future where I'm able to just teach yoga. I love yoga. It's, it's a wonder for me. And it's something that I think that that's really big. Co-teach your class together. We'll do it together. I mean, I, I think I'm going to need a little bit of, of that help and definitely for sure. And then I also want to give a shout out to another yoga teacher that I've had, Heather Walter in St. Louis. And I met her much right before I met you. 
So we would practice together in St. Louis. And then that's kind of where I said, Hey, I really need to find somebody in Miami. And that's when I reached out to Jimmy to reach out to you. So shout out to Heather. Cause she really, you know, got me going on, on my yoga kick as well. And you were there. So when I'm in Miami, it's me, you're my one-on-ones. And, and then when I'm in St. Louis, Heather, my go-to there as well. It really does take a village. Keep the athlete and the body, you completely healthy. So everyone that you work with, I, even though I haven't met them, I hear about them and I hear about the work that you guys do together. It's incredible. We've been doing this all together. <laughs> and that's one of the things I love about the yoga community where everyone kind of intertwines, everyone you know, gets along and it's not a selfish community where it's like, oh, this is my client and this is what we do and this is that. And the same way you've been so open to when I say, hey, I'm bringing 10 guys today. <laughs> it's not just going to be me. And you're like, all right, let's do this. So thank you for that. And just being part of that yoga community is you meet a lot of really good people with good hearts and something that I really, really appreciate. Of course. I want to use that to kind of segue into something I wanted to talk about regarding the community that you have built. You add tremendous value to any space that you're in as a leader. You're often referred to as the locker room guy. And I've watched tons of past interviews where your teammates, your coaches are praising you for that. There was an ESPN article I read that was published last year, I believe. And the Tony LaRusso, the Hall of Fame manager of the Cardinals, the year you guys won the championship, had this to say about the type of athlete that you are. He said, guys like John, those guys are invaluable to a roster. John has one of the highest baseball IQs of any player I've had on a team. He brings it to all phases of the game. Once he got past a few years in the game, he became one of the leaders in the clubhouse. And that was one of the real strengths of our Cardinals team. Having a voice in the clubhouse has everything to do with respect and trust and how sincere you are about embracing the team's objectives. It doesn't have to do with how many at-bats you get or how many innings you pitch. It has everything to do with earning the respect and trust of your teammates. It must feel pretty incredible to have so many of your coaches, your managers, and your teammates speak so highly about the value that you add. But you also do this on your own time here at home kind of just mentioning. In the offseason, you always have a squad of professional and collegiate baseball players and coaches that hop in on your training schedule that you set up. Can you talk a little about what that schedule looks like and why it's so important for you to invite and bring these guys into the system that you've built? Yeah. Well, first, I, I take a lot of pride in, in just doing things right. And, uh, by leading by example, I think a lot of times with leadership, it gets misconstrued when, you know, whether it's in the work world, whether it's in sports where people are preaching something, but they're not doing what it takes behind the scenes. So I think since I was a kid, that's something my parents always instilled in me was be a man of character, be a man that is going to say something and, and walk, the, you know, walk the walk and talk the talk and don't be the one or the other. So for me, that's kind of, you know, what I've built my game around. I know I'm not the most talented player in the game, but at the same time, I know I'm going to study my opponent. I'm going to study my colleagues, my peers. I'm going to learn from whoever I can learn so that I can bring the best out of me. And when I go to sleep every night and I look at myself in the mirror, I know I've given it my 100 every single day. And I'm not judging my success or whatever I'm doing on society standards. I'm judging on what I know in my heart, which is that I gave it my best and my all every day. So when I get compliments from a, a Tony Russo, someone that I owe so much of my career to, that I learned so much from just from watching as a rookie player playing for Tony, and so many different managers and coaches, and I can go on and on players that, that have helped me, but it's something I take a lot of pride in. And at the same time, coming from Miami, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things going on. I love the Miami community because it's built on, on a community like, like my example, my family. My grandparents came from Cuba. 
as exiles for you know, the betterment of the, the future of their family. They came here not knowing the, the language and they came, they learned English, they worked hard and they lived the, the true American dream with the opportunities that were provided for them, with them being allowed to come to this country and make better for themselves. So I always take that into consideration. I'm 36 now. I think of my grandfather when he left Cuba, I think he was 34 years old. And I can't imagine having to pick up right now, leave with my family and go somewhere else because you wanted the betterment of your family and, and just the harsh things that are going on within the community. So that's something that I, I think about every single day and talked about before. And I've had such a big community that's helped me. I've had a village behind me. When you see me, John Jay, the baseball player now, it's not just me. I'm a reflection of thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And when I see a lot of these kids in our community, that all they need is a little bit of guidance. You know, life is all about guidance and having people there for you when you fall down, because we all fall down. We're not all perfect. Now we see celebrities and we see people, CEOs or whatever it may take. Everyone's had their moments in their life. So I've been lucky to have people to pick me up when those moments have happened and just guided me along the way. And that's what I want to provide for others. I see guys that are super talented. I've played with a lot of guys that are so talented, but couldn't get their mental game on point. And they could have gone out there and you know, not that money's everything, but they could have made a lot of money to provide for their family and to betterment of their family. And so I just want to help out all those that I come in contact with. That way they can enjoy a great career, enjoy their lives and, and be at peace with themselves. I think the biggest thing is, like I said, it's like I go to sleep every single night, super happy, super content, thanking God that I gave him my all and that's all I can do. And I just want to help guys do that because I know and I've seen people that don't do that, then that's when you have a bitterness. There's there's something missing in your soul. And, and that's what I try to help out and provide for, whether it's my friends or you know family, whatever it is, anyone that I come in contact with, that's kind of the vibe that I want to spread. I stay consistently inspired by the way that you show up for the people that you love and for the people that you work with and the people that you're trying to uplift. I see it to the capacity within our yoga sessions, the way that you bring people together and the way that you move them throughout the day and inspire them throughout the day. So I just, on my behalf, I want to say thank you because watching you has really truly inspired me to create a community of my own and to really help uplift and create opportunities for people that just don't have the community behind them to support them. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, and then, yeah, you asked me a little bit what my day's like. It depends on weather. <laughs> you know, I always check the weather the night before, and that's why I'm always texting you so late, like, hey, if South Beach happens to have waves, I might have to cancel yoga in the morning because I'm going to go surf. But if, if that happens, I'm going to get on an app and do a little bit of yoga on the beach before and then try to catch some waves. And I'm not the best surfer out there uh, by any means, but even if there's not any waves, I, I get a good swimming workout for a while. But you know, a typical day, if there aren't any ways, it would just be wake up around four, warm up and get in the hot tub, warm up, roll out my body, stretch out, kind of start getting my mind in the right place where I want to get to. I like to breathe. I do a bunch of cat cows where I'm just breathing and, and working on my body. Usually uh, my trainer will, will show up to the house, Robert Fajardo, will, he'll show up and we'll go through maybe a sand workout, some type of running activity or whatnot. And then that's usually when, when we link up and we'll do a little sunrise yoga at six. And we try to do that at least two or three times a week. And it just depends what's going on at least twice a week then after that i'm usually my day's done if i want it to be in, until the time that i'm really starting to train hitting and, and fielding that's that starts more in december but by that time i'm done by 7 15 i can take a little bit of time to myself to hang out and then i can get the kids up breakfast and get them off for school and then like i said the day's all ahead of me where i have time to you know hang up first my first my first my first question to my wife is uh, what are we doing today <laughs> my man 
<laughs> if she's busy, if she's doing other stuff and she's got a busy day plan ahead, and then I said, all right, I'm, I'm taking off and you know, I'll see you in a couple hours. But uh, everything definitely in the off-season cater on my kids. I spend so much time around my kids and my family during the season that in the off-season, that's really when I, I spend the time. And that's why people always ask me, why do you wake up so early and why do you do this and why do you do that? It's like, Look, I, I want to wake up early because I don't want to you know, waste that precious time that I get with my family during the off-season. I'd rather wake up earlier, get my stuff down, I don't have to think about it. And there's such a calmness and a peacefulness of, of knowing that I can work out from 4 to 7.30, get my whole day done, and then the, the whole day is ahead of me where I can pick up the girls from school, take them to, to the park, and they can take a nap, and I have another couple hours to myself where I can either work on business stuff or hang out with friends or catch up with family or whatnot or do something with my wife. And then, you know, so I really get to enjoy the day and, and maximize the day as, as it goes. You really do take full advantage of being in the city in Miami when you're here in the off season. I do see how much you just, you love being here and <laughs> you spread your wings as far as you can when you're here. Yeah. I think the big joke uh, in the off season is I'm in Miami and you know, obviously I, and, you know, not many, I mean, people know, but you know, I'm a huge shoe collector. I, I love shoes and, and socks with stance and all this stuff, but it's funny in the off season. I mean, oh my go-to, I'm, I'm I'm usually barefoot <laughs> the whole time, and you know, in, in a bathing suit. So uh, definitely take advantage of the Miami weather, the Miami vibes, and just uh, being in a tropical location. And Jamaica. <laughs> so you've had, you've really truly had such an incredible career playing on the field, and I think even more impactful than that is the work that you've done off the field. So I want to talk a little bit about that. You've always been very involved with charities and the events and maintained a really strong presence in the city of Miami when you're here and even when you're not here. I honestly don't think I know anyone who revs for the city of Miami as hard as you do, and we absolutely love you for that. But you brought it up a little bit earlier. I want to talk about what you have coming up in terms of charities and events, as I know some of that is back up for you again now. Yeah, so it's something that that comes from my parents. My parents have always instilled that in me. You have to give back. We're lucky to be where we're at right now. And there's people out there that, that could use our help. So it really started for me in St. Louis when I got to play with the Cardinals. And actually, it goes back to UM. In UM, we used to do a lot of stuff and like do camps and visit the local community. And then kind of when I was in minor leagues, they didn't do as much stuff. I'm really just focused on, on playing and trying to build my career. But with in the back thought of one day we're into the charity event because my parents were always all over me those first couple of years like hey you got to do more out there you got to do more out there and I said mom dad I will do stuff just let me get my career going let, let let me use my platform hopefully one day to be able to do things and in St Louis they did a great job with us so we do hospital visits we'd go visit charities um every single off day Tony Russo would have a, a charity event Albert Pools would have a charity event so it was almost like a, every off day we were present in the community we were out there giving back to all the fans that showed up for us all the time and they really made that a point and really instilled that in us so i'll never forget when we won the, the world series in 2011 i told my mom and dad i go hey now's the time to have an event here like now's the time that we're going to do this so we were able to, to start a bowling event that lasted for eight years the last year we did the bowling event was in 2018 me personally on the baseball side it's gotten kind of crazy where every year i'm signing late and all these different things are going on so for 2019 and then obviously last year with the pandemic 2020 we put things on hold, but uh, we were able to have a, an unbelievable bowling event every year that we'd do at Spitzville, and we would raise money for the Boys and Girls Club. The Boys and Girls Club was huge for me growing up. That's where I played baseball. That's where a lot of local ball players played since we were kids. So that's pretty much the spot that I, I gave back to the most there in Miami, and then as well as in the Overtown community at Gibson Park. We were able to have a, a big presence there. 
And now I'm excited that behind the scenes and coming up this uh, this off season, I have the, the J Family Foundation is going to be established, and and we plan on having an event in the St. Louis community as well as the Miami community. Um, St. Louis community has been huge for me. My wife's from there. My kids were born there. I was able to play six years there. We won a championship there. So I'm back and forth between St. Louis and Miami. So trying to do a lot more things in the community of St. Louis because I plan on being there in, in both places for a long time. I know I love the 305 and I'm all about Miami, but St. Louis has a special place in my heart as well. So those are the two communities that I, that I plan on trying to, to um, impact the most. But, you know, we're planning a, a big weekend in St. Louis with a, a golf charity event and the same thing in Miami this year. I'm, I'm planning on having a golf charity event as well as the bowling event. And then future, there's so many just different ways just to raise money doing it. I'm into cycling a cycle ride, a mountain biking. Um, I love going to Keeps Cane and mountain biking at Virginia, Virginia Key. And it's an amazing place. And they've really done, a, the local community has really done a lot to to make it an unbelievable place to go mountain biking. So you know, there's, I have a lot of different ideas and ways to raise money. Uh, last year, I partnered with the Ariadiaga Foundation and we did a toy drive and a food drive. In St. Louis, we did uh, a toy drive as well as a skateboard drive. So I plan on bringing all these different things and to, to Miami and to the community. And now I've had the time to really establish everything behind the scenes. And, and I'm looking forward to continue to grow the foundation and continue to have an impact in, in the Miami community as well as the St. Louis community. Incredible. You are going to have to send me all of that information. I want the link so I can spread that to everybody that I know. But that's incredible that you have so much lined up and that you have such a strong presence both in St. Louis and here in Miami. So I commend you for that. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So I see you wearing the Players Alliance shirt. Yeah. Yeah. What's that about? Can you tell me a little bit? I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah. So this started last year in 2020 with everything going on in the country. And uh, the group of former and current Major League Black Baseball players started this wonderful organization that is helping bring baseball to the inner city, just baseball to diverse places and helping our black and brown communities, just providing an outlet and, and just really trying to uplift and spread the word of baseball and also promote equality, promote justice. So it's myself being a black human player. It's something that I I take a lot of pride in. And we were able to have a wonderful event, I think over 50 locations this year, where we pulled up a a huge trailer and we were able to spread a ton of equipment, out, a a ton of stuff for COVID, COVID supplies. And last year we had the event in Miami, was at Gibson Park in Overtown. So it's something that we're going to continue to grow and it's We've been able to raise a lot of money this year, for example, on Jackie Robinson Day, which is a huge day for, for minorities in baseball. A lot of players did their cause. So there's going to be a lot of things going on in the future, trying to impact these communities and uh, just trying to, to spread love and make sure that everyone's getting equal op- opportunities out there. Oh, that's incredible to be witness to watching everybody stand up and step up that way. That's powerful right there. Yeah, it's something that, you know, for me personally, it was something that I love doing. And looking back um, on the history of my family, my great-grandfather was the first Afro-Cuban elected official in the Caribbean in, in the 50s. He was the, the governor of Santiago de Cuba, Augusto Salas, and he stood up for a lot of rights of, of Black Cubans and, and promoted diversity and was really about justice. And it's something that it really hit home for me last year when I was researching my family, where while my great-grandfather was doing these same things in Cuba 65 years ago, 70 years ago. And it's something that I think about a lot today. Like I said, my, uh, my ancestry plays a huge role in who I am today now. And it's something that I want to keep, keep going. And so that's something that it, it really opened up my heart. And, and I'm just trying to do uh, whatever I can to help people. That's incredible. That's incredible. 
every athlete comes to a point in their career when it's time to make that shift, to retire, to begin a second act, a lot of people like to call it, as big of a change as that's going to be for you whenever that time comes. What are you looking forward to the most? And what are you looking to build when you move or, or really move towards? Yeah, well, I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most is spending time with my kids and watching them grow, for sure. On the business side, I think it's something where last year, I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue to play. You know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to just come home. My wife was pregnant. There's just so many different factors. Every year I end up signing late. And there's just so many emotional things going on. So I've always had a bunch of ideas and I've always talked about this stuff. So I said, you know what, let me walk the walk and not talk the talk. So I got a notebook down and you know, I spent three or four days just writing down a bunch of stuff. So I definitely love the game of baseball. I could see myself being involved in the game of baseball, you know, some type of capacity. But uh, more than that as well, I've always enjoyed real estate and I've been able to make some investments in real estate that I've really enjoyed. And those were um, investments that I did on my own. It wasn't through a financial person. It wasn't through getting advice from people. It was stuff that I kind of formulated by myself and not stuff that I've seen pay off. So this year I was able to take an incredible class through Harvard. It's called the crossover into business school. Uh, I had seen numerous athletes taking it before and I read a bunch of articles about it. It's usually on campus so because of the pandemic. It was done virtually this year. And I applied and I was able to get in and Professor Anita Elbers did a great job of preparing this unbelievable program where we had a couple of Zoom classes together and we were paired with mentors. Shout out to my mentors, Wilson and Leanne, Leanne for really pushing me and, and driving me this during this course. And I was in uncom uncomfortable situations where I'm breaking down different companies and I had to come up with proposals and, and really, it really challenged me. And after we broke down the five cases, there was a final presentation that was done in front of a panel of three random judges. I think I was more nervous to do this than I was to play the World Series game. But just being in an uncomfortable situation and, and really preparing and studying, and I hadn't been in school in a long time. And it was something that it brought out a lot of me uh, business-wise, uh, as well as I haven't finished school yet. I have a year left. I have 30 credits to get my degree in uh, business management and marketing. It's something that I also plan on doing. I think that's going to be the first thing that I do is just go right back to school, get it done, spend time at home with the family. But besides that, I started my uh, LLC, Lama Juice LLC, where I'm doing speaking engagements, consulting, media, marketing, kind of a little bit of all the things that I've learned throughout my career and, and where I can kind of help consulting with companies. We're trying to help bring chemistry, just all the things that help you win on the field in the game of sports, uh, bringing it to the game of life, bringing it to business. So offering those services. I'm looking forward to starting a venture fund with one of my best friends in life, somebody that's really guided me, uh, Daniel Scalzo, that also took this class of Harvard and we're calling it J Scouts Venture. So we're looking to raise money to put capital into funds and, and investments. So I have a couple of things, different things up my sleeve uh, behind the scenes, but I think uh, first and foremost, it's going to be go back to school, spend time with the family, get this foundation running, and then you know, continue to work on these different ventures on the side and, and see what opportunities are going to present myself that within the game of baseball, whether it's broadcasting, whether it's an agency, whether it's managing or being in the front office or coaching or whatever the case may be. So I'm uh, just taking uh, my skills and uh, seeing what's out there for me. But with all that said, I'm not going to do anything unless it's in the best interest of my family. That's going to be my, my number one concern and my number one priority. My wife sacrificed so much for me over all these years, raising the kids and on the road. And I mean, we've moved 30 different times since we've had the kids and, and lived in so many different places. So that's going to be my, my main focus, my main priority. And then whatever business I can run around that is going to, is, is we'll see what will happen. I'm not surprised by your answer for a couple of reasons. Number one, I know how much you value 
Nikki, the girls, and now your beautiful son. So I know spending time with them is going to be a really, really big deal and helping to just be there and support. I know how important that is to you. And for the second reason, you're always thinking 10 steps ahead. So I'm not surprised to hear that you have so much in the works and that you've been really taking the time to prepare yourself, to educate yourself, to surround yourself with as many opportunities as you can. It sounds incredible. And I am so excited to see when you get to that point, what that looks like for you and how that unfolds. And you're going to have to keep me in the loop because I want to be a part of whatever you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and, and also, I forgot to mention, you know, I think I'm a model. So I think I've been uh, trying to take advantage of doing some shoots with companies and friends that have always supported me. Anything I do is for people that have always supported me in the past and have really been behind the scenes and I'm taking care of me. So I'll do whatever it takes to take care of them. But I think uh, that's something my friends get on me about a little bit and we're like, hey, man, you think you're a model or what? I'm like, oh, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. It doesn't matter. We'll see. I saw your most recent one you just posted and it looks official. I think you got it. I think you got a job in that. That's It's, it's the cameras. It's the cameras and all the light work that yeah, they, put shine, they, they shine a light on me. <laughs> <laughs> and the professionals behind the camera. It looks good. I'm just saying, I think you might have a, another career to think about when you move on. Thank you. Thank you. Well, above all, again, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time middle of the day, the week, the season to come and do this with me here. I know it's really been such a pleasure and it's been so much fun getting to know you and having you as a for the last six years working together using yoga and coming together and just being a part of your world so thank you for letting me in thank you for trusting me and i'm really so excited to not just celebrate you and the career that you've had but also to celebrate what the future holds for you so thank you so much for taking the time thank you so much thank you so much and and let's just uh, let's finish today the same way we finished our normal practice a little going Namaste. Namaste, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for having me, Amanda. If you're like me and thousands of other yoga entrepreneurs, you probably find invoicing tiresome. It takes time and it leads to an even more tiresome task, chasing down clients for payment. The free invoice templates from FreshBooks have really helped me stay organized and they're quick and simple to fill out. They also help me clearly communicate how and when I want to be paid. I love being able to download FreshBooks free invoice templates in formats like Word, Excel, PDF, Google Docs, and Google Sheets, and then I get to customize them however I like. You can find tons of examples in their free invoice template gallery. As a special gift to Yoga Biz Academy listeners, you can use FreshBooks free for 30 days. Just go to yogabizacademy.com backslash FreshBooks to access your free 30-day trial today. That's yogabizacademy.com backslash F-R-E-S-H-B-O-O-K-S. FreshBooks, easy to use account software built for small businesses. Are you struggling to earn enough income as a yoga instructor? Do you want to build a more profitable yoga business? Do you want higher paying yoga clients? If any of those are true for you, then check out my free course, Niche Me Down, how to find and service your ideal yoga community. In this free course, you're gonna learn exactly how to show up online, what to offer, and how to communicate to your ideal student or private client so that they instantly feel a connection with you. You'll also learn how to figure out your authentic and aligned niche audience so that you can earn your ideal student's trust. I want you to walk away knowing how to provide value every day to the people you work with so that selling feels authentic and worthy. Sign up for this free video course at yogabizacademy.com backslash niche. That's yogabizacademy.com backslash niche.